What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. my god my eyes always water when we're recording this i'm like am i gonna cry i don't probably welcome to spinsters where we are celestial mystical beings (laughs) i'm Haley o'shaughnessy i'm a recovering basketball writer and i'm jordan liggins an editor at mojo So today I am so excited. We have a special guest we are going to reveal in a minute. The word reveal sounds super appropriate because this entire episode is going to have, like I said earlier, the aforementioned very mystical element. I'm so excited. We asked for your questions. We asked for your concerns. We got amazing responses from all over the basketball world, every corner. Jordan, let's just get into it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Hi, I'm Ariana Lenarski. I am a writer, musician, and of course, tarot reader uh, and a huge Denver Nuggets fan. You probably know Ariana or should know Ariana from her many appearances on NBA Desktop, which first of all, rip. But second of all, we all three of us are indebted to Jason Concepcion for having us on that wonderful show. And if you enjoyed that, which you I don't know a single person who didn't, Please watch his new series, All Caps, and listen to his podcast, Take Line. We are all huge fans of him. And we are fans of Ariana, which makes me so excited to have you on. We are going to play a game today. We asked on Twitter for specific worries about your teams. So we are going to be coming at you from three different perspectives. The three wise men, but make it fashion. I'm going to look at your concern from an on-the-court perspective. Are the stats gods pleased? Is the chemistry good? Etc. Then Jordan is going to come in and talk about historical precedent. What's happened in the past in situations like these? How does it inform the future? She will be addressing your concern from that angle. Finally, Ariana will take you behind the veil. She's going to pull one tarot card per each concern we'll go over today. This usually costs money, people. You are getting this for free. So she is showing us the collective consciousness. I'm going to take you into that special place that we all go to when we fall asleep and dream and that we all deep down latently know the truth. And I'm just going to bring that to the surface and we're all going to nod and say, yeah, that sounds right. So our first concern, this is coming to us from Twitter. The username is MLJ33333. They say Suns fan outside of injuries biggest worry is Booker struggling in the clutch at the end of close games. This season, we've seen too much of him going iso ball and failing to even get off a decent shot. I'd highly prefer CP3 takes the majority of clutch shots at the end of games. Mm. Jordan, should they be concerned that Devin Booker is going to take over the end of games when CP3 should or should CP3, I guess? When I first heard this, I thought about historically CP3 usually sets up the last shot like not only is he a great point guard a great passer I feel like he is the floor conductor so he really is setting up Devin Booker for those shots and that's what they should lean into not so much iso ball he should really be on the receiving end of a play but let's look back at last year where maybe CP3 should have taken the last shot Mm -hmm. Okay, game seven, it was OKC versus Houston. We all remember this game. In the final seconds, OKC is down 102-103. And CP3 sets up the last shot by pleading to the refs that he called a timeout before the ball goes out of bounds. So they get another chance. Then he pleads again that there was a foul before the ball is inbounding. So this is him getting this assist, right? When they rule that there was a foul before the inbound, OKC gets a free throw. And as we all remember, Gallinari confidently walks up to that free throw line 
and acts like he's never seen a basketball uh-huh. in his life and <laughs> misses that free throw. And CP3 is a 90% free throw shooter. He should have taken that shot. So I think it's going to be interesting for Phoenix where he is normally the person to set up Devin Booker or the person to take the last shot. But maybe he should take it. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I I think he should step into that front role and sink it because I think he can. Statistically, one is clearly better in these late game situations. Devin Booker takes more shots in clutch situations, which in case you don't know, is like a very nerdy technicality in NBA stats. Clutch situations are when a game is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. So Devin Booker averages 2.6 shot attempts in those situations, shooting 33.3%. Chris Paul averages less, 2.4, but makes them at a 46.3 clip. So one's obviously better in those situations. One's obviously older. One obviously has more playoff experience. As far as the isolations, Booker does drive through the lane a lot. But he makes those at a higher rate than Damian Lillard, James Harden, Paul George. I mean, let's go to the eye test, getting off a decent shot when it comes pulling off the dribble, pulling up off the dribble. Obviously, Chris Paul is better. I think they take about the same amount, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but he makes more of those inside the perimeter and out. And what you were saying about passing is absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. A remarkable thing about the Suns this year is that they are good when Chris Paul's on the court separate from when Devin Booker is on the court, which is phenomenal for them. But Chris Paul also, he is, he passes a lot to Devin Booker. A lot of Devin Booker's points come from Chris Paul, but he also receives the most passes. So I genuinely think it comes down to the situation. Chris Paul's Mm -hmm. also been super supportive of Devin Booker. And it's kind of a veteran thing to say, I'm going to give you this opportunity. It's your time now. And I'm really not sure which way they're going to lean because veterans are also very much in the mindset of, I know I can do this and I don't really know about you. We'll have to see. I would say from my perspective, yes, you should be a little concerned, but yes, you should be a little assured as well because they've both looked great this year. So now let's go to Ariana. Oh, how interesting. Okay, so I can think this, so the 10 of cups. So this kind of goes along with, a little bit of what you guys were saying that we've got the 10 of cups is always about the end of an emotional cycle. And it's one that's positive. Do you see how these people seem to kind of be celebrating? we got this mm, rainbow mm-hmm. arching overhead and uh, there's children dancing on the floor there. So it's like when you reach the happily ever after type of feeling. So for me, in regards to this question, it's kind of like things are finally coming together for the sons in terms of like their, their, the, CP3 coming in with such a father figure and it's suddenly like this family dynamic. So it's kind of like what you just said, both are okay. The father can shoot, the son can shoot. It's things have gotten to the point where we've reached a point of trust and faith within the family (laughs) that anybody can take the shot and that's going to be okay. So I would, I would assuage that fear and say, you know, Devin Booker spent this whole season with such an incredible leader and influence that it's that let him go. Like let he's a chip off the old block now and either one can let the shot fly. And I think it'll, um, and as just as it should. Yeah. And just as it should might even apply to Devin Booker is taking those shots in the playoffs and is learning how to be yes a playoff shooter. So Absolutely. as it should, yes. It's yeah. a win-win. It's, it's, it might not seem win-win. like a win-win, but experience matters. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, this this to me feels like double thumbs up. Like, it's all good. It's This is kind of like, this is how things are meant to kind of, what, how, however it happens, is meant to go this way to secure this kind of like emotional, get to the next phase emotionally for these for this team. Sounds like we're all saying either way it's fine. Yes, that's how exactly yeah. what I feel. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> The next one, also from Twitter, Dr. Funkenstein. Amazing (laughs) name. name. The actual at is Dr. Funkenstein 13. His concern is Coach Bud transforming into a pumpkin the minute he steps into the playoffs. Jordan? Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very valid (laughs) worry. 
that uh, we kind of all have. So thank you for for that, Dr. Funkenstein. Let's look at the last two seasons where there have been major playoff collapses for the Bucks. So after failing to make the playoffs the year before, 2018-19, they had a regular season. They go 60-22. and 22. Bud wins coach of the year. All eyes are pointed to Bucks to go all the way. Um, they breeze through the first two rounds, Pistons and the Celtics. And then Toronto comes and they're up 2-0. And that game three is when Bud turns into a pumpkin. And everyone is like, what? is going on. He refused to make adjustments. The Raptors held Giannis to limited points and the Raptors are scoring at will. So that was not great. Then last season, they go into the regular season. They're 56 and 17. People again were thinking, all right, their next chance. They're going to do great. Coach Bud continually wins coach of the month, whatever that means. I think those are horrible awards. We should not give them anymore. Because it doesn't matter if you don't win Coach of the Month during the playoffs when it actually Remember the matters. Hawks? What, what did they win? Player of the Month or of the Week? But it was all of them. Remember his Hawks <laughs> team who did that? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, those are a bad omen for him. Like, he should try to not get those. <laughs> like, purposely be bad during the regular season. And then <laughs> yeah. maybe that's what we should do. Um, and then we all know they got physically beat down by Miami, who, you know, ends up going to the finals. And this year, I feel like no one, even though they're second in the East, no one is really putting that pressure on them to go far or do well in the playoffs because of these last two seasons have crashed and burned horribly. So maybe this is a year he doesn't turn into a pumpkin because everyone is like, we don't really care what the Bucks do. It's a question mark. It's a shrug. And maybe that's what he needs to go far. Okay. On the court perspective. So I think one of the biggest issues that people had with Bud last year was that he did not play Giannis enough. He was not playing his most important Mm -hmm. players enough, even in times where if you're not trying it now, it doesn't matter if you're reserving their energy for later. There's not going to be a later. I checked at this point in the season. Chris Middleton is 41st in minutes played. Giannis is 47th, <laughs> averaging 33 minutes a game. Tom Thibodeau wow. is pissed <laughs> hearing that stuff. <laughs> That's less than star players who have had to recover this season. Mm-hmm. Although I will say I was listening to uh, JJ Redick and Tommy Alter's podcast, Old Man and the Three. Again, like another wonderful podcast. You should listen to that. They had Drew Holiday on, New Buck. And he said... It's really nice that Bud does that, especially this season. Everyone is so tired. Everyone's so worn down by the travel mm. and the testing and, like you know, late nights, early mornings. It's really nice that they try to stay in the gym and he's like, no, you need to go get your rest. You can get these shots up later. I think during the regular season, that is important, especially if you're winning. But it is kind of scary to see that knowing that it might cross over to the playoffs. Let's talk about the on the court perspective that I'm supposed to be giving. They're already using the dunker spot more, which is huge. When we were on the Eurostep podcast months ago, that was something that had changed already. I think this is a completely different Bucks team with completely different opportunities. Ariana, what tarot card did you pull for this one? Hmm. Reversed five of cups. Uh, uh, hmm. So when this is upright, This is about, I mean, you can see it's like a figure in this long black shroud. And it's usually the card you see when you are grieving disappointments and trying to work through uh, hard emotional things that arise when there's change and you don't, it's not what you wanted. When it's reversed, I feel like it's not acknowledging that. So unfortunately, I think that Dr. Funkenstein's uh, fear may be valid. I think that this, I, I don't know that this bodes that well for, but unfortunately I hate to give a negative view on that. Um, but this really is the kind of card that you see when you're in denial, when you're not, it's like the first stage of grief where you're like, it's not happening. Like not this time. It's, I'm sure it won't happen this time, but it's like, come on, man, like this isn't, this is not working out. So unfortunately I, I think I have to give a, a dark cloud for this one. 
I'm sorry to say. Um, the best thing that they could do to try to like handle, I mean, honestly, it's interesting. It's like the, it's the opposite of the 10 of cups in some ways where it's like the sons, it's like accepting that they're finally like a, a big happy family and anything that happens is okay. In this situation, it's more like you guys have to just, you guys are in denial. Like you have to look at what's going on and accept it. So you can be disappointed and grieve and move on from this dude. And I will say I'm a little biased in that regard. So that might be factoring into it. But I think the deck agrees <laughs> with me, unfortunately. Hopefully I'm sorry. it's not as recurring as like Lob City Clippers. And it's yeah. maybe it's just something mm. where you're in denial and then you have to fucking change and you can change yeah. in something as quickly as a playoff series. I definitely think so. Okay. I don't know how that works in the context of like your coach, but maybe... Mm, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a player uprising against Bud. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay money to see that. That would be good. Look, we support workers. Yeah, unionize. It's. I mean, it's it's very in vogue to unionize against incompetent. Yes, bosses. So this podcast supports all unions. (laughs) Jordan, concerned? Not concerned? What's your verdict? I would say my final verdict, I am completely swayed by what Ariana has said. So I'm a little concerned. I am concerned for them. I think that there are pumpkins in their future. (laughs) And we would love to be wrong. We'd love to be wrong. When life gives you pumpkins, you make pumpkin bread. Okay. The next one comes to us from Mina Kimes. The famous Mina Kimes. Hi, Mina. At Mina Kimes, obviously. Her concern is Joey Buckets going cold in big moments. And then she did the like sad eyes emoji. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like the one swelling where, with tears. Yeah. They're swelling with tears. But it can also mean what a cute thing or like, oh, I'm so, you know what I mean? Charmed yeah, by that. Yeah. So it's, I think here she meant it. So just fear for context. Tears. Yeah, fear tears. <laughs> Jordan, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to keep this one short. So... One of my biggest concerns is his late game turnovers. So even if he is going cold, you know, what else can you do to support your team? So it's been a couple times this season in particular that he has turned the ball over late and and it's a close game and have given the other team an opportunity to either score or win. We know that epic Wizards game at the beginning of this season where um, the Wizards ended up winning off of his turnover. But the moral of this story is, whether we're right or wrong, whether he's hot or cold, if the Nets lose, Joe Harris's name is not going to be in those headlines. <laughs> he has... That's, that's not a worry for this ridiculously stacked Brooklyn Nets team. I want him to play well. I am a fan of his. But we're not, you know, it's not hinging on, on Joey Buckets here. Yeah, you're so right. Even if they passed to him the last second of the game, it wouldn't be on him because everything that led up to that moment, it's like, well, why why was it so close? Harden, KD, and Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the defense overall. Yeah, you're actually that's that's such a good point. It it's not that dependent on him. I will say, on the court, stats, eye test perspective, all of that, Joe Harris has taken the fourth most threes in clutch time on the nets and he also by far has the best percentage making those at mm. 41.7%. Mm. So he's doing well and he's doing the best percentage wise. I wouldn't be that concerned. Now I'm actually like not concerned because of what you just said. It's not going <laughs> to ride on him. He's not he's not the ultimate factor. He is definitely like a factor, but when he you is have, one. Yeah. The more superstars you add the less you can blame it on guys like Joe Harris, Joey Buckets. (laughs) Ariana, what do the tarot cards say for this one? First of all, Mina, it's such an honor to read for you for the first time. And I think you're so brave being the only Nets fan in America. I think that's just like (laughs) so strong and amazing of you. Um, So let's see what the deck thinks of this fear. Oh, look at him. There he is. That's the page of cups. This is literally this. This is the what was the emoji? The sad eye, the cute eyes emoji. Yeah. This is reflecting the cute eyes emoji back at Nina, and saying like, (laughs) 
the page of cups is this is the sweetest most cutest no baggage little child um and kind of goes along with what both you guys are saying where it's like it's joe harris like he's like the he's kind of the he's not the young he's not like the youngest or anything but he is like the sweetheart of the team and is kind of along for the ride and (laughs) is just this is like a this is like an open part it's a very it's very sweet he's k jewelers What'd you say? K Jewelers. Remember those open heart? The open <laughs> yes. Heart yes. He's he's really <laughs> it's kind of going like you got nothing to worry about. Like, don't worry about it. Like it's like the card that says, Oh, just just be loving. Like, just love him. You love him. What I think what this card is trying to say is like, Mina, you have a crush on Joe Harris. Like, just <laughs> admit that this is what this is about. <laughs> I think we all, from a basketball perspective, have a crush on him. He is one. Yeah, he's, he's I think he's really so cute. endearing. Yeah, <laughs> because he's one of the remaining Nets from that team that was so inspiring, and they had nobody. Yeah. And Kenny Atkinson was like, "I'm going to single handedly build this franchise back into relevance," and he did. And Joe yeah. Harris was part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so none of us are concerned. Amazing. Great. No, we're not concerned. Okay. Yeah, he's not the concern. I love consensus. Okay. <laughs> the next question comes to us from Forged in the Fire fan at Alex Katzen. And Alex's concern is that Chris Paul slash Devin Booker start bleeding due to an inadvertent <laughs> elbow slash headbutt slash et cetera, the same way Steve Nash did every year against the Spurs, causing them to miss the final minute of game three. The Suns lose the game and momentum shifts in the series. Suns lose in six. First of all, I asked for specific, and this is highly specific. Yeah. So highly specific. You understood I, the assignment. <laughs> Thank you. Forged. You understood the assignment. Okay, Jordan, give it to us. I think he did my work for me pretty much by doing the historical context <laughs> of <laughs> what Steve Nash's past is. But I think, again, bringing it back to Chris Paul, we have to acknowledge that he is one of the most physical players of our generation. You don't want to get in a fight with Chris Paul. Your elbows don't want to get in a fight with Chris Paul. Nobody wants to be remotely close or get Chris Paul mad. I think if blood starts coming from Chris Paul's face, that's bad for the other team. I think you should not be worried about this for your team perspective. But I think if that happens, mean Chris Paul or mad Chris Paul is better for you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. He does the like, she's the man, like tampon in the nose and just gets yeah. right back out there. 100%. Keeps going. Here's mine. And this is taking a highly specific question and made up scenario and making it more specific and made up. I think you really only have to worry about this if the Suns play the Nuggets. And I'll tell <laughs> you why. Blood oxygen levels and blood pressure decrease at higher altitudes. Your blood is mm. thinner. When your blood is thinner, you bleed more. Those are the stats. That's really all I have for this one. (laughs) Ariana, please redeem us. Alex, (laughs) what a lovely specific description. It it is the perfect vibe of an anxiety attack. And I really appreciate that. Um, Let's see what the deck has to say in response to this incredibly specific fear. I hope Uh, that you pull a card you've never seen before and it's like, breathe. (laughs) (laughs) This is so interesting, actually, in in regards to this question. Reversed nine of wands. So actually, when this is upright, if you can see closely, this guy looks beleaguered. I would think of this guy as Chris Paul in some ways. Someone who's been through it all and in a way that's energetic and uh, like fighting oriented. Wands always represents movement and passion and conviction and fighting. Uh, this guy's got a bandage on his forehead and you get you're really defensive when you see this card like you've you you say you've no idea what I've been through. That's what this card is about. So when it's reversed, he's a bandage on his forehead. Yeah. 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 I was like, did anyone did everyone hear that? <laughs> what? Yeah. OK, what's it mean? Flipped upside down. It's crazy. So I think that's I think it's interesting upside down. Usually when it's upside down, I would say that it's letting go of those defensive positions, uh, like taking that defensive approach. Um, 
But that's really interesting in the context of basketball. It's like, what does that would that mean? Like easing up on defense? Like, I'm not really sure what that would exactly translate into specifically, but I feel like I'll tell you the best case scenario would be if it meant Chris Paul would shut up after every (laughs) ref call. You know what I mean? That's probably hopefully it means that instead of easing up on defense. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to like feel out what this what this feels like to me. I think it feels like if (laughs) if they can let their anger flow through them, like what's that Emperor Palpatine says in Star Wars? What's like letting the hate like flow through you? Like, I feel like if there can be a sort of Mm. like I, I feel like if they can get on the wavelength of the passion, I feel like when Chris Paul gets really passionate, things can happen. If they can like stay, if they can like make, if they can hmm, feel the positive aspects of what that passion feels like and not have it be spilling over into uh, flailing, essentially, if they can like roll with it and stick with it and be in in that vibe, they won't have to worry about um, any stray elbows messing up their flow. Um, But they've got to like detach a little bit, I think. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. So interesting. I also think that just if anybody personally knows Chris Paul, maybe you should let him know that this means like no tunnel storming. Yeah. No complaining to the refs. I mean, this is Chris Paul. Like this is Chris Paul to me. It it has a bandage on his forehead. forehead. A fighter. Also the wands part. He is a magician. Not to make the easiest metaphor, but I did it. It's weird, too, because it's someone who's been on a lot of teams like this is honestly all these different fights he's been in. Like, that's what that's what this card represents. So to see which one's Rondo (laughs) probably (laughs) is there one like closer to his eye level? The short one is Rondo there. (laughs) Perfect. So you're not concerned. I am a little concerned. i I feel like I'm going to look back at this card later and be like, oh, that's what this meant. It's a little Mm. blurry to me because I'm like, usually when this card is reversed, it's like letting go of that defensive approach. But there's also a little tickle in my mind that's like, maybe we've got one fight left. So I'm like, I would say like, I'm not concerned if Chris Ball can get in the flow of his anger rather than letting the anger like, and I don't even know if anger is the right word. I would say just more that fighting, passionate. Passion. That passion. Mm -hmm. Anger is not the right word. If he can surf his passion rather than it being like spiky, he'll be all right. That's that's what I. But and I also would like to look back at this later and be like, hmm, okay, that's what that that's what that meant. Jordan, for the specific question, I don't know <laughs> if I'm concerned. You don't that think the Suns are going to be in a game fly? three in the final minute and lose the game and have the momentum shift in the series and the Suns lose in six? <laughs> I picture yeah, that's this, a little tough. I picture uh, this person like <laughs> lying in bed with like wide eyed, like staring at the ceiling thinking this. <laughs> like this is their deepest fear. Yeah. I'm actually really happy, Alex, you could give this out. We we gave you this outlet. Yeah, to really thank you for sharing this, this fear. Thank you. For yeah. Sharing thank you. Thank you for sharing your anxieties. Um. I rebuke them. I hope (laughs) that they are taken away. But I'm not concerned. If Chris Paul's on your team, I'm not concerned. I hope that he uses that passion, not against refs, not against the other team, but to score more points for his team. I have to say, just as a side note, on the list of players I was wrong about, I, I wouldn't say I was wrong about Chris Paul, but just his aging, the way he'd be able to age. And he's, mm-hmm. after this OKC run and then the Suns, this season, I'm like, it's awesome. Well, I, I wonder why we don't talk about him the same way we talk about LeBron in terms of aging well. But maybe this that will change after this. Because he's a scamp. Because he's a little scamp. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that word before. He's a Let's rascal. Do, um, because he's a rascal. Dictionary corner. <laughs> he's a rascal. He's a rascal. Yep, that's perfect. Rascals that's get good. ignored by history. They're they're taken not seriously because they're having fun. It's not fair. <laughs> Ritual Vitamins Super Clean Vegan Friendly Multivitamin is made with high quality nutrients that your body can actually use. What you won't find? Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, and synthetic fillers. 
I started taking my ritual vitamins this week and I feel great. The minty taste is super refreshing and ritual vitamins have no colorants or shady additives. I can actually see what's going in my body. It's groundbreaking. Another thing I love is that you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. 10 out of 10 would recommend. You deserve to know what you're putting in your body, especially when it comes to vitamins that you should take every single day. Make sure to get key nutrients your body needs without the BS. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash spin to start your ritual today. Okay, next we are going to take a voicemail. Hi, Jordan and Haley. This is Kirk from Dallas. It's sometime uh, over the weekend, and I'm thinking about a 2015 LeBron James tweet. Stop trying to find a way to fit out and just fit in. Be a part of something special. Just my thoughts. And you know what? I'm thinking about that in relation to Chris Stapp's Porzingis, who's missed a number of games because he has an injury, and the Mavericks have played like they don't need him. But when the playoffs come, he'll matter. I wonder if he can fit in or if he's going to need to be continued to be treated like the special boy that he thinks he is. Love the show. Hope to hear from you. Bye. Jordan, what do you think? I think if we just look at this season in particular, He's had a hard time fitting in. He's had a hard time finding his rhythm, finding a flow. I feel like even when it's a pick and roll, like his teammates don't even know where to find him or the best ways to utilize him. And it's like, you know, he's known as a unicorn. They're, they're meant to stand out. It's really hard to fit in when you're a unicorn. So that's, that's my thoughts. I think it's even harder when you're a former unicorn. I don't know that I'd even <laughs> call him that anymore. He had a, that really good stretch in March. I think people were concerned. Mavs fans were concerned that it wasn't going to be a permanent thing with him. And I would absolutely say that that's a concern. It's been his, you're talking about the season. It's been his entire time in Dallas really is trying to find a good fit. And in terms of, it sounds like there's the question of fit on the court. And then there's the question of like personality fit. I do Mm. think it has to be hard going from, I am the entire city of New York's savior Uh to, I am playing next to a legendary point guard who people won't shut up about, even though he complains to the refs, people just like constantly overlook that because he's so wonderful on the court. So Mm -hmm. I do think that that's probably a huge adjustment People talk about the owner of the Mavs more than they talk about Porzingis when it's (laughs) in a good light. And there's so many bad things to say about Mark Cuban. Should you be concerned about Porzingis 100,000%? Even from an injury standpoint, but I don't, I mean, the context of this question was assuming that he came back. Will he even be playing? Rick Carlisle just said, quote, I'm not as certain where he is exactly, but look, we got to go with what we got and who's available. It's been next man up all year. and We got to keep it that way. You want him more than the current situation with the mix of Willie Cauley-Stein, Dwight Powell, and Boban. But yeah, I mean, you do, you, you would want, you'd prefer Porzingis to be healthy, to have the option. A three-headed monster is probably not super sustainable in a playoff series or a play-in tournament, um, perhaps. But for Rick Carlisle to say we can't really count on him to be healthy is one thing. Can you count on him when he is healthy? That's another thing and that I would be concerned about. I read this as I'm not as certain where he is. Like he doesn't even know where in the world he is. He's like, where is Porzingis? I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I really care either. He's not healthy. That's how I read that. Mentally, <laughs> like we just don't know where he is. So that's, yeah, <laughs> poor Rick. Okay, Ariana. Okay, let's see if we know deep down where he is. (sighs) Wow, reversed world. The time has not come to figure out what is the beautiful solution with Kristaps Porzingis. Like, we we are not there yet. It's coming. The reversed world is all about when the world is upright, it's everything working in harmony. It's like the beautiful dance. Uh, You... Sometimes you act, sometimes you don't. It's like you 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 figure it out. You feel like you're contributing your talents appropriately and that you're sharing your skills 
in a way that helps you fit in with the people you care about and what you and just feel like you have a place in the literal world when it's reversed it's some it's this card is not ever negative even when it's reversed so to me this is like this may not be my my assumption with this is that this is not going to be the um we're we're heading into the playoffs not seeing this not not seeing where he fits and not seeing how he's actively contributing to the team in a way that makes sense for the team and him and for everyone in the NBA just being like who is this what what is happening with this person but because it's the world and the world is sort of this inevitable feeling and manifestation of success it's coming uh so have patience and i think that even though your question is very clear-eyed like you're seeing what's happening and you're you're accepting that things aren't fully where they should be in terms of him but the world promises that success is inevitable we're not quite there yet so just like continue to allow things to unfold and we should see something and i'm trying to because it's the world this is also a card that speaks to a uh, a really big perspective rather than just like the minutiae of things so it's almost like saying in the context of the entire NBA, it doesn't actually make sense for Kristaps to like know where he is yet. He just doesn't fit in right now in this period of time in the NBA for whatever reason, whether it's like personality wise or skills wise or whatever it is, but it's approaching. This makes sense in the context of, of the whole universe of the NBA. He's just not, his role as not knowing where he is yet is is just a part of this as the world turns. Like, it's just like, this is just his storyline right now. So maybe, hmm. is this going to unfold during the playoffs that this makes sense? Maybe. I My sense is more like next season. Like, I feel like next season is when things will start to make more sense. So hmm. I think your concern is valid. Yeah, I think your concern is valid. That's what I'll say. Yeah, and you said fit in to quote the great ancient Roman philosopher, LeBron James, (laughs) stop trying to find a way to fit out and just fit in, be a part of something special. Hashtag just my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is that I think Dallas fans might be a little relieved if that card also meant you haven't found success yet and you won't find it here. (laughs) Like you will find it somewhere else. So I kind of hope for them that that's in their future. So, yes, we are all concerned. Um, This next one, this is the greatest (laughs) Twitter name I have ever seen in the history of Twitter. Seriously. Chilvia Plath at Uh So Chilvia. (laughs) Okay. This concern, my team's fate hinges on Doc Rivers keeping a good relationship with his son-in-law. And then it's the emoji that just has the eyes and no mouth. Jordan. Historically, mm. there is some precedent here. Doc Rivers yeah. has a lot of it, there's a family tree. We'll put it that way. There's a family tree in the NBA. <laughs> some branches have definitely broken off. So what is the precedent here? Yes, this is some um, the best NBA history where it involves relationships with daughters of coaches. <laughs> so here's the backstory. Doc Rivers' daughter, Callie, who was a former Florida volleyball star. I just have to throw that in there. She's a great athlete in her own right. She dated Paul George. I think this was about six years ago now. Paul George then cheats on Callie with the stripper, gets the stripper pregnant, breaks Callie's heart, which was a whole nother twist when Paul George joined the Clippers last year. And it was like, ooh, yikes. Now... Callie is married to Seth Curry and they have a daughter. They're happy. And Paul George actually just got engaged to the aforementioned stripper. Her name is Daniela Rajik and they have two daughters. So it's like everyone's happy and everyone hates Paul George. So I'm happy. (laughs) So I feel like this is not really a concern because Callie and Seth's relationship are great. They had a beautiful wedding. So I I wouldn't be concerned here. I think that their family dinners are fine and they just all talk shit on Paul George, which I wish I was just this fly on the wall. So I, I, I wouldn't be concerned. 
Yeah, I will say just as a quick disclaimer that this podcast completely supports strippers. And also, I love Callie's Instagram. And also, you bring up Paul George. They probably did have a contentious or just not the best relationship after that, uh, him and Doc, after that whole entanglement. But... (laughs) It also manifested, like, if you want to make that connection, Paul George fucking sucked last year in the playoffs. So, yeah, there is definitely a connection here. Mm. On the court perspective, Doc very much needs Seth Curry for shooting, passing. It also seems like Seth is keen on proving he can drive, but the Sixers famously don't need that much help in that area compared to on the perimeter. He's shooting 44.2% from three. That's not even his best shooting percentage in his career, which is wild. He's wonderful. The Sixers have said in the past he defers too much for their taste. Doc said in March, quote, we joke about it all the time. Good sign that you're joking with him. If I had that cannon, my gosh, coaches would have told me to stop shooting. And he is also so good with the ball and he gets in the paint and makes plays. That is true. All of those are true. Regardless, even if they weren't true, Doc is publicly glowing about you. So I'm going to assume that they have a great relationship. So even if it's true, Chilvia, that (laughs) it was dependent on it, it seems like it's going pretty well. So regardless, Ariana. Let's see. Like you're gonna have the best read on whether or not they do have a good (laughs) relationship. I have so much. I am the number one Paul George trash talker. But I'm going to see what my deck says first. Let's see. I love this. I love this as a response. The four of cups. Perfect, beautiful answer because this is what you see when you are so concerned with what happened to you that you can't see the miracle that's right in front of your face. So I love this as a response because it's like it totally makes sense. This does indeed, in some respects, look like an echo of a situation that uh, made an entire franchise collapse for a moment. But this card is all about when you get so caught in emotional hydraulics and you're so obsessed with with things not going the way you wanted them to go that you miss the fact that there's this, this is a little cloud that's like coming along to hand a cup to this fellow. And cups is all about miracles. It's all about the heart. It's all about love. So it's saying like, if you, if you focus on what, on what happened, you know, the past is dead and gone in this situation. There's actually a great, Seth Curry's great. Seth Curry has Mm -hmm. wonderful younger brother energy where he's not entitled and like is a, you know, wonderful player and probably awesome husband. And Doc is on the other side. So supportive of Steph too. He's always so supportive of Steph. Just this uh, last weekend, Steph had that huge game and he was going ecstatic for him. Yeah. Doesn't yes. give me any vibes of like the codependency vibes that Paul George gives me and just like all this stuff. I could talk shit about Paul George all day long, but this is not the scenario to be thinking about Paul George like it's over and uh, don't miss the miracle here. Like look up and see that things have changed and that there's a new, this is a new day and a new dawn. And so I think this is a wonderful response to that question. It's like, it makes sense that you would be concerned, but it's also time to like, things are things are okay like yeah. it's okay look up and receive just in this. general for Sixers fans that yeah. that would be a wonderful message for them to honestly and that's a very good point because it's not just one cup it's like three cups the Sixers have had a lot of incidences of like I called them frauds last year so like I feel like <laughs> this is and they got eliminated in and the they got, I mean I wasn't wrong things have changed though there's this new opportunity Of course, it makes sense to still feel moody and like caught in the disappointments of the past. If you can try to look up and see that something special is happening. Chilvia Plath, we don't think you have anything to worry about. Just keep great name again. Chilvia Plathing. (laughs) Before we go, I actually just want to read this email that we got because it is. Yeah, actually, I'm going to let you guys decide what it is. I don't really think we can even respond to it. (laughs) So here we go. This is from Kyle Barrett. My deepest fear about the 2021 playoffs is not that the Mavs are inadequate. My deepest fear is that Luka is powerful beyond measure. 
It is his light that most frightens me. I ask myself, who is he to be so brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who is he not to be? No, he didn't attend a Big 12 school, but he is a child of the basketball gods. His coming up small in the playoffs does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that the Nuggets can advance to the second round. Luca is meant to shine, as the great ones do. He was born to make manifest the glory of the basketball gods. As he lets his own light shine, he unconsciously gives Dorian and Timmy and Jalen permission to do the same. As Luca is liberated from his own playoff fears, his presence and his stepbacks automatically liberate me as a Mavs fan. And that is my deepest fear. <laughs> I'm over here snapping. I feel like I have like a black beret on. And this was like I feel a slam like, poetry reading. I feel so connected. Yeah, we're like all Kyle. smoking cigarettes right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That was Kyle. Thank you. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful art. <laughs> poetry. <Yeah>. Inspiration. <laughs> so that is our reading that was so much fun i want to do that all the time we will be doing this again yes we absolutely (laughs) will be doing this again i had a wonderful time i also want to say that two of the submissions mentioned veganism as huge concerns i deeply apologize that we did not get to those i'm just not as informed on the subject (laughs) another one said that he is super worried about bismack biombo not being able to catch passes Quote, he drops everything. Someone said whatever the opposite of stickum is, that's what he has on his hands. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just felt like that was, there's no denying it. Like nothing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ariana, whatever the the tarot card is for yes, like just a big thun, <laughs> thumbs up emoji, that is the answer to that one. Ariana, thank you so much for coming on and doing thank this. You. Thank you. My pleasure. I just feel so, it just feels, what? Oh, who are they? The three wise women or the three uh, <gasps> fates? This is what this feels like to me. So, wow. Honestly. Do you want to <laughs> yes. have a, a quick minute to talk about your nuggets? Of course. Okay. Nuggets fans, wow. We've been through a lot. I, of course, I'm sure everyone feels this way. I can't help but feel like the nuggets are a part of my personal journey and every time they're doing well I feel like I'm doing well and when they're not doing well I'm like I'm not doing well either and so I I don't know what to make of this like it would be weird if we went all the way without Jamal that almost would be like bittersweet Katie just um made our MVP look stupid uh, there's just a lot of emotions going on. This is just a weird time. I feel like we're in the middle of a process and I don't know what is going to happen for the rest of the season, but I absolutely know that when I watch the Nuggets, I'm having the time of my life. And this is the weirdest team in the whole wide world. And everyone is a cartoon character. And there's a joy that I don't, I haven't really feel like, I feel like I haven't seen some of this joy since the 2015 Warriors, where it's just like, in their regard, they were playing like beautiful basketball. With the Nuggets, it feels like, I feel like cracking up. Like sometimes I feel like laughing when I'm watching them play because it's just so ridiculous. Uh, And then (laughs) you like, you get to see on the other side, JaVale McGee, like (laughs) giving ups to MPJ, which is like just this is a crazy team and the I think Adam Mares is the guy who says they have immaculate vibes and so no matter what happens this playoff season the vibes are immaculate I will say I would like I'm gonna just go ahead and say it I'd like to either see Jermichael Green shape up or ship out I'm I can't handle the Eeyore sad sack stuff that's going on with him (laughs) I know that might be really tough love but I cannot stand it so that's what I'll say. I think we're in the middle of something really interesting. I don't know what's going to unfold, but we are we're blossoming and it's interesting to watch and to see. And I love the Nuggets. That's what I'm going to say. In defense of Jokic, <laughs> and we also got a bunch of messages that were worried that if the Nuggets didn't go far in the playoffs, people would call him an illegitimate MVP. Stupid. Just don't no, listen to people. Jokic and is also, never 
That's so dumb. <laughs> it's a regular <laughs> season award. The other thing is in regards to Katie making him look stupid, Katie makes everyone look stupid from it's time true. to time, including himself when he replies to Michael Rappaport's yes. DMs oh. using very anti-gay and sexist language. So yes. that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> I feel like Katie's job is to make the vibes bad. And that's how he like beats. <laughs> the reason he won that last game was because he wanted to make everyone in the stadium upset. That's like his favorite thing to do. So like, it go is. off King, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, vibe check. Ooh, too good. Let me mess this up. Literally. Well, that's our show. Please keep leaving us your fan confessions, irrational opinions, horoscope-based predictions, or if you have any responses to this very high-level analysis that just went on. Leave us a voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spinsters is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, and Alex Board. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hi, this is Elia calling from Boston. Um, I'm actually a Sixers fan, unfortunately. I have to live up here, but the... High specific thing that I'm worried about is Furkan Korkmaz and his big ass feet, either shooting a three and stepping over the line, making it a two, or more than likely, just you know, big old friggin' loaves stepping out of bounds. All right, love you guys.